Hi, Chelsea here. Uh, what you're about to listen to is a Q&A sesh for the episode 5 called My Heart Goes Out to You. Um, it's a bit of like a question of back and forth between me, the writer, producer, and sound designer of that ep as well as all Muska eps. And the voice actor, or one of the voice actors of the episode, Jack LaCroix, who voices Johnny and Cassory in that episode. Um, before I get more into that, first I would like to let you all know that Masika is currently in the finalist voting part process of the Audio Voice Awards. Um, if you don't know, the Audio Voice Awards is like a the Oscars, the I uh, know the audio drama version of the Oscars. Um, and so if you would like to show some love towards this podcast, um, you can vote for us in the final voting, which is also linked in the description box below. Um, currently, if you're listening to this episode on the public feed, you will only be getting a sneak preview of the, I believe, 45 minute, uh, minute long Q&A we did for this episode. Um, the full version is only available on our Patreon. And that will be linked below as well. Um, yeah, but I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, it was nice talking with Jack LaCroix. Um, he's a good friend and a good voice actor. And it was nice just um, talking deets about that episode as well as other things related to it. Okay, let's go. Um, I'm going to go first, all right? By all means, go ahead. What did you think of the story? Okay, as far as my heart goes down to you, I, I've, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to say, Chelsea, it was one of the times where I really got enamored with your writing. And because even when we have these giant monsters on set, right, you still have this very natural way of making them down to earth and feel very real. And by contrast to a lot of things that I do, like I, I'm very over the top slapstick out of this world, but you always have this way of like nailing down these human and intimate moments between the characters. And especially in the case of this recording, what really caught my attention was I, <laughs> I related both to Johnny and Casper a lot because uh, I, in real life, I'm a very quiet, shy man. I don't really go out of my way to uh, catch anyone's attention. So I really identified with Casper a lot. And Johnny actually reminded me a lot of my early life when I was trying to hide the fact that I was queer, you know, and you're looking for those signals when you're interacting with other people to maybe indicate, hey, they, you might be on the same page, right? And I feel very much like I've been both of them at different parts of my life. And it was just such a beautiful and enriched way to illustrate a gay romance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, I don't really like to talk about my own work because it feels like self-gratifying. So so that was nice. Thank you. So something I, I noticed, because uh, I'm one of these nerds where I, I can't listen to anything I make after I record it for a while, because it just, I it bugs me. That's the same and way. I don't listen to anything. Like, I haven't listened to Fuck Humans. I, like, the only time I re-listen to my stuff is when I have to, like, make sure all the editing is right or at the top. But afterwards, I do not listen to it at all. 
Yeah, because you're sitting there and you're like, oh, God, this, do I hear this? Is, does that sound right? Are the levels okay here? So for me, uh, something I noticed going back to uh, re-listen to this before we did this interview was I, and this is, again, super nerdy for everybody at home. The original piece of equipment I was using was actually a Yeti Blue, which I feel is like the standard, you know, wannabe voice actor microphone now. And I I had an issue with that mic where my levels were all over the place, depending on how close I was to it. The Yeti was really kind of a mic. You had to be a good, like, eight to six inches away for it to be able to get that good, golden, crisp, warm area that a lot of people love about it. So I suppose my question is, uh, how much leveling did you have to do for that audio? Because I know for a fact that uh, I I think I cleaned up my lines before I sent them to you. I'm not really sure, but like, God, how much work did you have to do? I didn't really have to do a lot. Um that's like I didn't I don't remember doing like a lot of like adjusting audio for that um like I think it was good because like one like you play like literally 90 percent of the characters on that so <laughs> there wasn't like I didn't have to adjust when the two characters are talking to each other um but yeah it was fine like um I, I did like the basic cleaning but I didn't I didn't really encounter any issues so like there wasn't a lot I had to do on my part or like See, suggesting that stuff that's so funny to me because i i go back and i listen to like some of the really really old stuff before i actually learned how to <clears throat> voice act and do any kind of editing and i'll just hear that mic spiking all over the place and it gives me such an anxiety attack <laughs> yeah i think um um like i don't want to give this away but like i basically um for fuck humans i actually didn't because fuck humans for um I'm not talking about a different podcasts, but like that was like the first um audio thing I like heavy audio thing editing I had to do wise. And I think for that, I didn't even really start cleaning people's audios until like probably halfway through that series. <laughs> so I feel embarrassing listening to <laughs> listening to it. So like I don't listen to it at all. But when I do listen to it, I like I, I cringe because like um I didn't even know what cleaning was like audio cleaning until I one time I actually did I was like oh this is way much better I don't have to do a lot of adjusting and leveling and like add background to it to hide the like all the people's sound effects so yeah I completely understand like adjusting and everything like that like I said you do play like majority of the characters for this one so between Johnny and Casper who is your favorite character to play if I can be honest, I really, even though I identified with Casper a lot on a personal level, I like playing Johnny more because it, there's always that appeal of having like that attitude when you're playing a character, you know, being, I don't want to use the phrase edgy, but kind of being slightly more aggressive and slightly more assertive. And it's always fun to play kind of like the bad boy, you know, <laughs> you get to be, uh, if you will, uh, perhaps somebody you don't often get to be in life. And Johnny was much more kind of tough and gruff than I normally am in my daily life. So being able to, you know, just whip out something like this and use a voice like this and all the old timey slang and everything was fantastic. So I enjoyed playing him tremendously. Cool. And also because the accent, I imagine. Also, you, I think you have like a, I'm not sure, like, I don't know, like a love for 
I'm not, I don't know, like an interest in mafia people or like gangsters. Oh, or, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I really I was... enjoy it. <laughs> um, uh, I'm kind of an armchair historian of a lot of different stuff. So I know a lot of random stuff about organized crime in America and how that got started. And so, you know, getting the opportunity to play a random mobster was like, hell yeah, like, I'll absolutely do that. <laughs> oh, man, I should have came to you when I was first doing because, like, I had to do a bit of, like, research for this. And, like, I didn't know where to go for a lot of stuff. Like, <laughs> I was out there Googling. Like, I, I was, I had to Google, like, when did lube become a thing? Because <laughs> I was like, did they use lube in 1920s? And, like, how did they use <laughs> Like, it was a lot. So... Uh, a lot of the, like, history and stuff that a lot of people think they know about, like, the mafioso and mafia types and all that, it's it's really equal parts of the Godfather mixed in with the Sopranos somewhere in their memory. But, like, you nailed Johnny. The, the swagger, the voice, everything, the reason he got into organized crime, all of that was actually very relatable to a lot of the reasons people joined the mafia. Um, because often people just needed money. They needed a means to get by. So you nailed it. <laughs> I think only parts of that was due to the fact that I listened to a lot of, um, well, not, not anymore, but I sometimes listen to like true crime podcasts. And I think, um, I think a part of what I was basing Johnny's background was on, I forgot the serial, he was a serial killer, but he was all, but he was positive. Well, he's, it's quoted that he's a serial killer, but he was mainly part of the mafia and I forgot his name, but he was like a famous mafia hitman. Uh, oh, the Iceman. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It was probably the Iceman. I think. I think so. Like, I, uh, the only thing I unfortunately remember about him was like he was very. Um, um, he used to. Uh, he said he mentioned he used to like kill like um, gay people, but only. But he was very specific that he only did it not because they were gay, but because they were vulnerable people to kill. Oh so that's gosh. the only thing I remember about him. If I think but, of like, who it is, I'll send you a DM. <laughs> Yeah, but like, yeah, I remember he because yeah, I remember like his background story and like all that stuff. And I think a part of that I was using for like Johnny, but Johnny isn't as messed up as him, or like, he, scary. like I don't, yeah. I think I specified, yeah, like Johnny didn't really like kill people. He just did like all the other shady stuff, like hand out drugs and all that. Yeah, and he was, what's, like, really what's funny about like that, that. that kind of like era is there were a lot of people like Johnny where it's like they'll rob a bank and go to the next town over and that's their new life. Um, okay, so I, again, re-listening to the episode, uh, the music that was in Johnny's Attic, um, I can't remember the exact name of the song, but it very much was like a dated time period of the 1920s. And it's something I only caught because I, I'm i a million years old and I listen to music from every single generation. So how long did it take for you to find like the perfect track for that attic moment? Oh my God. Okay. So one, I had to first, I had to worry about like copyright issues <laughs> because <laughs> um, the music that's been used is like real 1920s music, but like there's like a, I forgot there's like a limit to where you can, they can you can use it where it's like outside the copyright issue or whatever. So like, I think I was, because these are like 1920 songs and I think I was just barely within the legal right to use them. And then there was the issue I had to use where, then there was the, yeah. So then there was the issues where, um, um, a lot of the, so a lot of the songs I found back then were like, they were kind of bad. They were kind of like really bad. One of the reasons was because most of them were sung by, um, white people. And I say this because 
I don't, when I was listening to a lot of, like, I get why white people started stealing from black people. Because when I listened to the songs, it's like the actress, like the, the, the female singers, they were singing like very high pitch. Like they, it, it was just weird. They would just sing so high to the point that um, it was like, they just wanted to see how high they can, they can sing. It doesn't matter yep. if it was good or not to sing. Get and those like, melodies the, high enough to like, shatter the, glass. You're right. Yeah. And then, like, the male performers, they would just, like, talk or talk about anything. <laughs> and it was, like, very weird. Like, it was, like, like, Be- like, it was, like beatboxing like, over the Charleston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. And then, and then um, there was also, like, a lot of songs that kind of fit in with Johnny, where there was, like, um, there was, like, a lot of songs about being lonely and everything, which, um, and, like, finding, your, like, loved ones or whatever. Which also kind of fit because like the 1920s and they were going, I think they were all going through their own pandemic during that time. So I guess that was fit as well. The There's um like somewhere during the end of that, at the attic scene, um, there was an actress that I was specifically only using her songs. And she was a black, she was a black singer. And I think, I think her name was like Betsy something. Oh my goodness. I think I know who you're talking about. That's it's another name that just completely eludes me, but yeah, I, I think I've heard her music before. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I love, I like, yes, her, her singing is great. She's not squealing high. I'm just going to use all her song tracks for the rest of the accent. Cause I could, I'm sorry. I could not deal with the other singers. Like, Oh God, this is so awful. I was, I was, I was struggling, but yeah, it it was this weird combination, especially during that era of like, like you were saying, let's talk over a song about golly gee, let's go down to the soda pop fountain. But it was so high that it was like hearing it's a small world after all pitched up by about six decibels on loop forever. Like, um, for the listeners, the only way I can imagine, like, the singers, like, um, I remember the reason why um, Snow White, Snow White, I think the, her, the Disney movie, um, that was done in, like, the 1920s, right? I think, maybe. But I remember, oh, her, like, the original Snow White, her voice is, yeah, her voice is very high-pitched, and that's kind of how like, most of the singers were, and that's why she's, like, my <laughs> least favorite princess, because of how high she sings. Um, so that's basically what I was dealing with, <laughs> looking for songs. But speaking of which, I also found, like, an interesting song that kind of helped my research a bit. Um, there was a song about this dude and he was complaining and the song was complaining about how the guys at their time were kind of doing like a lot of feminine stuff and the girls at the time were doing a lot of masculine stuff, which basically what the 1920s were, where like you had like, I think the guys were wearing makeup and like wearing girdles. And I think like the girls were like wearing like um, masculine clothes and stuff. So I thought that was interesting and I kind of, I kind of wanted to use it in there in the attic song, but I didn't feel like there was a perfect fit because I like a lot of the songs that played during the attic scene, like kind of love songs or like talking about being lonely. So I wish I could have used it, but I couldn't. <laughs> oh, I also found hold, hold also on to it. Hold one. on to it. There will come a time you want to use it yeah, though. Yeah, I also found one where they were singing about like those pansy clubs, which I thought also wanted to use, but like it was too on the nose, so I was like, I can't use it. But yeah. <laughs> But it was basically like a song about um, boys becoming fairies and whatnot. It was kind of clever and interesting. Uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, so I guess my question, next question is, um, throughout this episode, what was your, what would you say would, was your favorite scene? Um, Honestly, at the very end, and I, I've mentioned this several other times before, but where uh, 
Johnny is trying to, uh, not Johnny, but uh, Casper is trying to figure out how to get Johnny out of the house and the house is burning and everything. And it's this very dramatic, heartfelt scene. And even I was sitting there and even though I knew what was going to come, I was just like, oh, no, 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 not like this. right? And uh, so as the scene was progressing, here I am, I'm trying to deliver these lines with the emotional fervor that they absolutely deserve. And I usually record with my door closed because I have three cats and they're all insane. And Batcat, my big 20 pound Tomcat, really thought that I was actually in trouble. And he stuck his paw under the door and started rattling it. So during the recording I did for that, I actually had to like stop everything, bring him into the room and be like, look, you know, daddy's not on fire. Everything's okay. And even though he was sitting behind me while I finished and he could clearly see that I was not in trouble. Oh, he sat there the entire time, Chelsea, just very concerned about everything that was going on. So out of the entire recording, I would definitely say that getting that part done was absolutely my favorite because I was like, hmm, if I can emotionally distress my cat, then perhaps I can emotionally distress the listeners as well. (laughs) So that was a little Q&A session. Again, if you are listening to this on the public feed, you can listen to the full version on our Patreon. Uh, The next Q&A will be episode one. Um, I will, of course, try to bring back Jack LaCroix. But this time I will see if I can bring in any more other VAs who are part of that episode. Um, There may have to be a limit due to how the um, recording process is done for these interviews. But I will try my best. Um, you can ask questions for episode one or on our Patreon as well. Um, and I'll, we'll be making it public. So you, uh, so even if you're not subscribed to our Patreon, you can also post, ask your questions there. You just unfortunately might won't be able to hear your answers for them unless you're um, a part of the Patreon for the full version of the Q&A. All right. Uh, thanks again for listening and see you next month.